I'm Aaron Newell, and this is OCR Audio. Ryan Woods can't do obstacles. Hey guys, it's Lindsay Webster, and you're listening to OCR Audio with Jack. Hi, I'm John Alvin. You listen to Jack and Luke on the OCR Audio. Excellent. So we have a, an amazing guest this evening, a somebody that's been on the world championship podium, um, has won many, many races in and around Europe. Um, we are joined tonight by Ida Matilda. Ida, how are you? Hello, I am great. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Luke, for having me here. And also, of course, Jack and uh, to your podcast for uh, for wanting to hear something about me and uh, my OCR career. No worries. Um, of course, we've been trying to get you coming on for ages. It just hasn't really worked out. But now, now we have you on, and um, we want to we want to find out more about you and how how you came into OCR. How did you find the sport of OCR, Ida? Yes. So, um, how did I found the sport of OCR? So, I uh, it was kind of a coincidence try this out um, and it's actually um, the first time I ran an OCR race was in 2013 mm-hmm. and um, and it was actually together with uh, Thomas who today is my OCR coach <laughs> so yep. that's uh, that's kind of funny we were yeah wanting to try this together also with some of the others from this gym uh, with this uh, really you know, fun uh, Icelandic military kind of training concept so uh, we just uh, went a couple of guys and tried this uh, obstacle course race, which I thought sounded maybe a bit crazy. I think the first <laughs> time I, I got introduced to it, it was uh, like, I remember there being like some electrical uh, obstacles where you had to like crawl through water and there was electricity and I was scared <laughs> like days before. But uh, I went there and I just had a really good time and uh, my coach did too because he also ended up feeling in love with the OCR sport now more as a trainer. But uh, yeah, I guess we both uh, started our OCR career back then. <laughs> wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and was OCR just kind of like the first sport you tried or had you done uh, maybe triathlon or running at maybe like an amateur level you said you were training? Um, actually, I played handball when I was mm-hmm. younger. Um, but, um, I've actually tried like a lot of different sports during my childhood. It, it was kind of, I couldn't really find any sport that kind of suited me well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've like tried handball, swimming, uh, mm-hmm. I did a bit of uh, gymnastics. I did, yeah, volleyball, floorball, soccer, and then handball, I think is the one that was maybe the longest uh, mm-hmm. uh, sport that I went to. And then, um, I also had, uh, back like around 10 years ago, I had two seasons of uh, skiing. So mm-hmm. alpine skiing. Um, so um, I've kind of done a lot of different sports, but uh, I was never like super good at any of those. But I've always, you know, loved sports and uh, did a lot of uh, different things. So um, and then it was actually only training for like a half marathon uh, and, and doing that maybe a bit intense before I got into this uh, this military kind of training journey to kind of experience a bit later in life than maybe a lot of other athletes does. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and where throughout the journey did it really hit home that like you are a real elite athlete, you can make this as a maybe a career or maybe a lifestyle that you could follow for many years to come? Where did it really hit home? Was it um, was it a podium at maybe one of the world championship events or the European championships that gave you that confidence? Yeah, I think one of my biggest turns or like, uh, yeah, in my OCR career was in 2015. And it was Mm -hmm. actually the first time that I competed in the OCR World Championships. 
Um, and I was still uh, just training in this uh, Icelandic center and kind of, I didn't train specific for, for OCR, but yeah. somehow this kind of military body weight training, which was kind of intensive, made me really good at the OCR training without me actually knowing that that was somehow a really good training for, for the obstacle racing. And of mm -hmm. course, I was in some ninja centers and, you know, were trying to enhance my obstacle skills before I went to the World Championships in 2015. And then I um, I ended up winning my age group from 18 to 24 back then, mm -hmm. um, which for me was, I mean, really huge. Uh, I, I came in with maybe quite low expectations around myself uh, at this World Championships and I was uh, yeah, just really overwhelmed of uh, being able to perform that good. And there was a lot of uh, good athletes there. I knew the sport was a lot smaller then than, than it is now, but uh, I still felt like uh, this was really kind of a turning point. And it also made me feel, okay, maybe this is something that I, I really want to do because it made me super happy and proud of uh, my hard work uh, up to then, even though it wasn't specific obstacle training, I still trained really focused and dedicated towards this uh, first time competing in the World Championships. It was uh, very, uh, yeah, of course, exciting to go to World Championships for yeah. the first time in your life. And uh, so that was um, that was maybe the first time where I thought, okay, maybe this uh, could be a career. This could be something that I want to do full time. And that was where the dream started with this is something I want to do full time. Now I just have to figure out the road there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, excellent. And um, obviously one of the major things in your path um, to becoming maybe full time or taking it on as a career has been mm. um, your sponsorship with Red Bull. Um, yeah. That is obviously a huge thing for the sport of OCR itself having, um, I think there's maybe three or four athletes sponsored by Red Bull now around the globe. Um, yeah. Yourself, Thomas Van Tonda, I know there's somebody down in South America and I'm sure there's one more that I can't remember the name of. But, there's um, one Mexican, Ramonda, yeah. but she's also like mountain runner. But yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so teaming up with Red Bull obviously has is, is been a huge thing for yourself. Um, how, how has that enhanced your like lifestyle or athletic career? I, I mean, if the 2015 was like the first turning point for my career, the next one was uh, uh, here last year when I got the call from the Red Bull Denmark office uh, telling me that uh, now, uh, uh, either you you got accepted by the headquarters at Red uh -huh. Bull as an uh, OCR uh, Red Bull uh, athlete. I mean, it was... Uh, I, I kind of didn't understand it to the start, I must say. It was a kind of overwhelming because, I mean, if you look at Red Bull athletes in general, they're just doing these really crazy, amazing things. And to kind of understand, okay, you're actually going to be a part of this mm -hmm. Red Bull athlete community, that was uh, really overwhelming. Also a bit... Um, like intimidating but i think in maybe a good way because it really made me feel okay this is also kind of a turning point for your ocr career because with with their support and their kind of help to both um, promote you as an athlete as they yeah. do a lot you i mean they have a huge marketing pro, um, budget they do really cool productions with you uh, which is one of the main things that really helps you to be able to uh, spread out the knowledge of this amazing sport that OCR is. Mm -hmm. And then um, also the whole like networking community they have in Red Bull. So they have a lot of uh, like uh, partnerships with other companies that they can maybe set you in contact with. They have all the um, global Red Bull organizations. So for example, if you want to go to South Africa, they have the South African Red Bull office and they can help you out with some different stuff and uh, maybe set you in contact with their athletes and, and things like that. So they're also really supportive in their like whole uh, network. Um, and then also now I'm actually um, in Austria 
and uh, I was just at the Red Bull headquarters today and uh, say hello to some of the important people in there and then uh, because I've been here at their athlete performance center and that's like the first thing that they really are supportive about they want um, you as an athlete to be have like the best possibilities to be the best version of yourself so they have this performance center where they do all these kind of uh, diagnostics, uh, so many physical tests, um, yeah. so you can kind of improve and figure out, okay, where do I have to, I do this um, uh, visit now at the performance center because I want to plan my off season. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of different like running tests with a lot of lactate uh, measurements. So we do different strength tests and uh, endurance tests to kind of see, okay, where is it that Ida needs to put in her energy maybe more towards this uh, building of my off season. Um, so, and I mean, uh, the, it's amazing how much gear and the uh, very high tech fancy stuff they have. I mean, uh, I think, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, also very detailed. So you get a lot of info when you're here. So now it's just kind of figuring out how to use it as best possible. But of course, I have my coach and, and other uh, uh, physios to help me out with, with that. So uh, mm -hmm. I mean, they have, uh, yeah, so, so of course, the network and the integration, their production, and then this athlete performance center, those three things are just, uh, yeah, really, really amazing what? help as an athlete. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. I expect, yeah. I expect being at the performance center is um is a great honor for yourself, but also like a massive opener to see like the world of what top top level athletes. I'm sure they're all their F1 drivers and other mm. top level athletes are going to be going to the mm. center or have been there. So that is a pretty amazing thing. So exactly, um, you yeah. can meet a lot of uh, very uh, very is celebrity people when you go there. I mean, uh, oh, wow. it is, uh, yeah, it's it's very cool. And and I mean, what is um, what is good because in, in Denmark, OCR is still getting um, like integrated as a, a sport. So you're still kind of figuring out how to uh, define OCR as a sport. So it's yeah. get it's gotten acknowledged in the Danish athletic athletic. I can't say that. <laughs> athletic. <laughs> athletic, yeah, um, yeah, association. So it's kind of getting there. But uh, we have this team Denmark facility, which is a bit like the athlete performance center where you can get tested. But because OCR is not uh, within that in Denmark yet, a lot of really like good top OCR athletes don't have this possibility to get these tests uh, formed uh, as you can get here. So it's really kind of a... Uh, an amazing possibility because it is really what you need to have these last percentages just to to have that extra edge. Um, of course, of course. I think um, mm. if we're talking about that now, um, like take yourself, you are fighting out at the top, top end of the sport of OCR. There might be some of our listeners thinking like, oh, should I go get the testing? Should, is it going to help me? Is there some kind of test that I could do? Um <laughs> If we're looking at it from an objective point of view, yourself, um, these tests are going to help you eke out those last maybe five, even like two or one percent that could mean a difference between mm. uh, gold, silver or bronze pretty much at a world championship style event. So, exactly. it, yeah, I think um, maybe that high level of testing is uh, is more geared towards top, top level athletes. But yeah, if, um if you are hoping to become like a better athlete or elevate yourself within the elite side, um, would you say like some of the tests would be good to do um, at maybe a less costly uh, facility than uh, the Red Bull Center? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. Um, of course, what is also about these tests is it's it's good to tell you something about your performance now, but what's also really exciting is to do, for example, a running test where you maybe measure your maximum speed and your threshold speeds for the aerobic and anaerobic uh, performances, but then maybe to kind of make a plan, of course, based on these results and then test again 
maybe three months after because that's where you really see if the effect of your training is like going in the right direction and mm -hmm. so so one thing is doing a test once uh, which gives you some kind of idea where to go but there's also something really valuable of maybe choosing one focus area that could be your running um, and then maybe doing uh, this test maybe after like a block of training that you decided which can give you some really valuable results uh, for a lot like it so you don't have to test everything um i think and especially of course the running in general in ocr is really a big, a big factor so i think that can make mm -hmm. a, a huge uh, difference for 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 also the upcoming athletes that uh, wants to do more so that would be my my recommendation mm, no that's a good recommendation excellent um so staying with red bull um, have they told you when they're going to release the Red Bull with Ida Matilda on the side of it? Are we going to see one in Denmark with the, uh, the Conquer the Castle picture? Yeah, that will be so cool. They do actually really fancy the muddy uh, pictures. They, I mean, they, they do like those. So, uh, so that could be amazing. I mean, that, that will be, uh, that will be that day that that happens. I will. For sure, never, never forget that. I hope that yeah. that is that would be a good goal to set for myself. To yeah, have, no. uh, my face on a red bull can that would be That's so it. cool. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, the one day walk into a local supermarket and you'll yeah. see yourself on the side of a can. That would be an an amazing actually, thing. Actually, it was kind of fun because uh, with the um, red bull conquer the castle, we did this uh, athlete challenge where yeah. I challenged to. Uh, other um, um olympic or like really tough athletes but in other sports to compete in ocr and kind of do some training sessions with them so we had an e-sport a e guy called caspicadian from yep. the north counter-strike team and then a olympic skier lila both from denmark um so we did kind of this challenge to get them ready for the cover of the castle and kind of see the difference on them but we did a lot of cool pictures and not on the can but like on, on the side of the when you had like a lot of ripples <laughs> on top of each other on the like the side of the cardboard there was actually a picture of me and uh, and those athletes so i mean i guess that's kind of close right yeah it's, it's, <laughs> so it's very close totally there, but, uh, you, you need to get of one of those you need to get one of those cardboard uh cutouts yeah. and have that yeah exactly so i i have been uh uh, associated with Ripple in the supermarket, my uh, fiance is kind of uh, teasing me and uh, making small videos when we go there. Like you're <laughs> even uh, here in uh, this uh, local supermarket, I, you're you're here with your. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you that's, are. That's really uh, um, cool. Even from another side, we see Red Bull um, in Denmark and Austria having actual ocr specific events now with the conquer castle event that um, you mentioned yeah. and also the red bull all-in event is um still to happen this year yes um, it is i'm sure that'll be one that you probably will be attending um yes that's... i will excellent um but yeah so they are obviously moving in to putting on epic style events um in that realm as well how has the Conquer Castle event been for yourself? I've seen, obviously, you've had some great results there. Um, do you think Red Bull did OCR justice with this event? I've heard some great things from Leon and Nikolai, so I just want to get your view as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, right now within uh, Red Bull and, and, and OCR, they're really uh, kind of the Red Bull Conquer the Castle concept has kind of been the starter. Mm -hmm. So uh, next year, uh, I can't say which countries, but uh, uh, three, maybe four other countries has kind of um, accepted or taken in the Hungry the Castle concept. So it's actually mm -hmm. going to be even wider next year. Um, oh, please, so UK. They, please, UK. Yeah, <laughs> so they kind of want to want to brand it even more because I think, uh, of course, they always want to do something a bit different. Uh, Red Bull. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so this uh, like theme of conquering the castle has been very. I mean, you have a lot of really cool castles actually in UK, so it, it could be pretty epic there. I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so this uh, concept and also the tournament style of obstacle course racing. So, because they have more events during one day. So they mm -hmm. make the, the course a bit shorter, but then you kind of have to go through the course uh, 
in fewer groups and then like the top four proceeds to the next round and next round. So it's a really intense day because you race more times in a row, which is also a kind of other way of racing because it's just it's not only one time you have to go full up, but you have to be a bit tactical because of course going towards the finals it gets harder and harder. Um so that's also an interesting concept to work with. The all in has the same, and mm-hmm. with this tournament style uh, of obstacle course racing, having a shorter race, but then the athletes kind of proceeding and ending up with maybe doing uh, four rounds uh, on one day uh, of like three to four k race. Um, so I think it looks really bright right now with OCR and the future with Red Bull. So uh, so I'm really excited about next year and, and what will happen more but they are very soon launching the red bull tv version of red bull conquer the castle so they mm-hmm. did like this short um not short it was actually a really big tv production <laughs> so I have to make, they did like this huge tv production but of course it ends up being maybe like half an hour long yeah. that they are going to show on the red bull tv with the conquer the castle from copenhagen and i think once that's also out. It's gonna maybe help even more uh, with with it being there, and the, and then the, yeah, more of the other uh, Red Bull countries are what you say, like the other organizations uh, yeah. seeing it and maybe thinking, <laughs> okay, this looks super cool. We want that also. That's what I mean. At least I hope. <laughs> so uh, yeah. No, that yeah, no, that sounds like a great concept, and hopefully, yes, they are spreading it um, more around Europe. That would be excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. gonna have to message Red Bull UK and be like, bring it here, bring it here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> do so. Excellent. So, um, with the events as well, is there kind of like a favorite distance for yourself or a favorite kind of event that you are more drawn to? I know you do a lot of the Nordic race in, um, mm. in your native Denmark. Um, but obviously you've had great success at the Europeans and World Adventure OCR Championships. Um, mm. is there, is there a race that like is more your kind of style or specially specializing into? Yeah, so uh, I kind of uh, wanted to maybe like two years ago, like my goal was to be the all around most uh, like best obstacle course racer. So I really wanted to like, no matter what race I kind of went into, I -hmm. wanted to be able to do good. So that was really important to me was that I was really all around in my obstacle course racing skills (laughs) or what you call it. Um, But I can also see now with, of course, the, the competition getting harder and the sport evolving, that it gets more and more important to more specialize. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that my force and also what I think is really exciting is a bit on the shorter races. So these like three to five K races, um, I am really good at obstacles because I've trained a lot of specific obstacle training in the gym that I train at in Denmark now, um, mm-hmm. where you, we have like this really cool yard uh, with a lot of just like obstacles standing right next to each other. So you can do a lot of short runs and be very intensive on your obstacle training. Uh, so I implement that a lot. So like specific obstacle training. So I think it, I don't see myself ending up maybe in the Ninja Warrior kind of area because yep. I still like the intensity of it being longer than like maybe the really short Ninja versions. Um, but, uh, but I think, yeah, my, 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 my force and also where I would maybe specialize a bit more in would be the three to five K distances. As you said, the Nordic race, which I've done really good in Denmark is five K. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also really all around quite heavy, quite technical, quite, uh, yeah, speed, lot of, lots of obstacles. So, uh, I mean, I love the obstacle part of the obstacle racing. Yeah. So, uh, so the more obstacles, the better. But of course, running is also, uh, kind of important. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it's also, we kind of lack the mountains in Denmark. So sometimes it's kind of hard to, to train for the more like intense, uh, where like the mountain plays a big factor in the races, as you see in maybe a lot of Spartan races is really also, you have to be extremely good at, at, um, trail and sky trail running. 
but um but I mean that just makes it just exciting right so there is a lot of things to do and I have to train some mountains because I know that both the European Championships is going to be in the Dolomites in Italy mm-hmm. and then we also have the World Championships or we actually have two World Championships mm-hmm. in uh, in Russia and Vermont right so there's going to yeah. be a lot of uh, mountain running to get them yeah, so. there'll be some hills at those events. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but that's just good. There's something to get better to, right? <laughs> of course. So that brings me uh, to a good point. So you were saying uh, you specialize in in uh, racing in Denmark. I think from outside looking in, it looks like Denmark is kind of leading the way, maybe in Europe with a lot mm-hmm. of athletes. Um, the kind of the first high-level athlete we've seen for most people that has specialised being uh, Leon Kafour. Um, mm-hmm. He's pretty much come out and said he is a very short course, three to five k kind of athlete. Pretty much he is dedicating his training to that. Um, so, but obviously with yourself on the female side, there is a number of uh, Danish female OCR athletes that are crushing all of the races. Oh, yeah. oh um, yes. <laughs> it is, uh, it's actually pretty crazy how many there is, how many guys, how many girls in Denmark are at such a high level in the sport now. Do you, is there, um, is there something in the water in Denmark? Do we all need to come and drink it or? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you think the key is for you guys? Is it that you've kind of embraced the sport early on and you're really taken to it? Mm, I think maybe it's a combination of more things. I, one of them is, of course, uh, when the level of uh, competitiveness gets really high in all the races that you 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 uh, go to when you go to the Danish OCR races. It of course makes you improve more. So, like the better competitors, the better you also get. As yep. an athlete, so I think that's also really cool of us, like pushing each other a lot, uh, and kind of, of course, comparing yourself with each other. You you do that as an athlete, even though you shouldn't always do that. But <laughs> I mean, it really gets the competitiveness to a, a high level in Denmark, which makes it uh, is super cool. And then I also think that um, it's a very the OCR community is very social in Denmark, mm-hmm. so. Uh, we really like support and socialize a lot about the events. There's a big also group of people that are uh, like semi pros, if you can say that uses like a lot of their time, but also works and does a lot of, uh, of other things and compete in the age groups and really does really well also. So there is mm-hmm. like a quite high level also in the like semi, uh, semi elite. A kind of group so and very positive community and then the last thing i think is that there isn't that much like extreme sport in denmark in general like we don't really have cool mountains we can't go skiing we can't go running in mountains we can't go do like uh, the thrilling stuff that much so i think also obstacle course racing in denmark is really big because it gives you that kind of extreme sport it's not i mean triathlon we have done for a lot of years and now we can crossfit we've also done a lot now we kind of need something new <laughs> i think yeah. so it's also uh, just suits really well because you can do obstacle course racing anywhere and and the market has just been there so a lot of really cool obstacle course racing centers a lot of gyms have embraced having uh, OCR gear in their gyms and having OCR classes as like a regular fitness class which has just gone that that it's been more normal and easier to train OCR um, anywhere in Denmark which of course also makes uh, makes people better so yeah yeah no that's really good and I think um Another thing, probably a lot of your elite level uh, OCR athletes in Denmark are also coaches and they are yeah, teaching yeah. a lot of these classes. So I think that is in enhancing the the well-roundedness of your age group athletes and also other elites taking part in the classes, which is a great thing. Exactly, exactly. Um. So with looking at your season this year, 2019, um, you've had great success at the Aventry OCR World Championships, being on the podium, 
you were on the podium for the 3K, the 15, and the team, I believe? Yes, and the 100 meter. And the 100 meter as well. So yeah. Four, yeah. All four events, <laughs> four podiums. There we go. Yes, so, yes. That, that's that's pre- pretty crazy. I was hoping for one podium, and uh, <laughs> I managed four, so I was really overwhelmed uh, yeah. that uh, week. That is, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, so I'm guessing... That was one of the highlight events. Was there any other highlight events throughout the year for you? Any that stand out as um, great victories or great comebacks? Uh, yes. Um, there, I did the World Finals and the OC, OCR Series. Yep. So uh, I tried out the OCR Series for the first time, actually, this year. Um, and I really just... Uh, I, I really love the atmosphere at the strong Viking OCR events. It's so, uh, I mean, they can really create this festival um, atmosphere with a very high, like, a good uh, Dutch techno music and people, like, uh, <laughs> jumping around and also kind of really funny obstacles with these big water slides and really hard. Uh, it's flat running, which is good, is good for me, but, uh, but uh, also some good combination of technical obstacles but also fun obstacles so the OCR series finals uh, were super exciting and uh, I was really close with uh, Ulrike Evansson so mm-hmm. the other uh, super OCR athlete from Denmark she's amazing and uh, we were like really just uh, close during the whole race and uh, she fa- she was actually in front of me but fails one of the very last obstacles so gets a two-minute penalty where I complete the obstacle and then finish maybe 45 seconds before her so on this uh, 19k race and uh, sure. like 30 seconds between it was really intense and uh, mm-hmm. and also you were ra- racing in the night time so it was kind of getting darker and yeah that was a, that was one of the other really cool events that I remember this year um, but in general there's been it's been an amazing season uh, but of course nothing beats uh, the the Adventure World Championships uh, also because uh, after having uh, three days with four podiums and just being overwhelmed by uh, by happiness my uh, my boyfriend uh, proposes to me on the Monday, the day after this weekend. Uh, yeah, so I also just got engaged. So like everything mm-hmm. was just uh, quite <laughs> amazing after that weekend. I oh, was uh, congratulations. Nearly, nearly not a uh, like fun to be around because I was just like one big smile with my hands over my head and all my colleagues <laughs> were like, Ida, just go home. And I was bringing my <laughs> medals to work and my ring. And yeah, oh. it was just uh, Everything they got a little annoyed with me, but it was, uh, yeah, it was very great. But I'm also um, looking forward to the Red Bull Inn that is mm-hmm. still there, and then uh, Conquer the Castle was just also an amazing event. I mean, it's just uh, this uh, like whole race weekend, and we were staying, uh, we were like eating within the castle, so the people that kind of proceeded to the finals got to eat with each other in this big dining hall uh, inside mm-hmm. the Rosenholm castle. And, uh, Pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was super cool. And then, of course, uh, the tournament uh, the day after uh, and me, of course, making it all the way to the finals and nearly taking first. But then I had one obstacle I had to reattempt sometime. So I got second for the second year in a row. So maybe next <laughs> year it will be <laughs> the top of the podium. But uh, also, uh, yeah, an amazing event. So there's been a lot of good uh, events in 2019. So hopefully the same will, will be for 2020. Yes. And um, obviously looking forward to 2020. Is there... You may not have got your race calendar ready, but is there any races that you are looking at that you probably are going to aim for? Is it one of the championship events? Is it European championships? What's on mm. the, what's on the schedule for you? So I think one thing that's going to be quite special for me in 2020 is that uh, this year I have um, been working. On the side, so I work for a Danish pharmaceutical company called Novonoidis, and I've been working approximately 25 to 30 hours a week while being an elite uh, athlete within OCR. So it's been kind of a very tight schedule with a lot of 
early morning runs and really late uh, evening training sessions. But uh, next yeah. year, I'm going to be a full-time athlete for mm-hmm. 2020, which is a dream and uh, also a huge commitment to OCR in my career. And uh, just, uh, but it's something I've uh, wanted to do and also have kind of tried to plan with uh, getting a bit of savings and getting all the good uh, uh, people and team around me. So I kind of feel comfortable with going in in 2020 as a full-time athlete. So it makes it possible for me to do some longer trips. So I'm actually going on a trip with uh, Leon to US in uh, Mm -hmm. early of January to do uh, some Spartan race. So that's also going to be quite exciting to go to like the US uh, scene and kind of uh, Mm -hmm. be a bit annoying to some of the uh, US athletes. Oh, for sure. The Europeans are going to come there and uh, show them that we can also do obstacle course racing. So that's going to be really exciting. And then uh, US watch out. I don't. Come in for one of those Spartan trophies. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, I think, uh, of course, the European Championships uh, mm-hmm. is going to be quite special. Um, I've uh, struggled a bit with the European Championships the last two years because it's been extremely technical races and, um, I have not uh, like lived up to my best potential is what I mean. At least I think so. This is kind of a race I really want to show that I can do good in. So I think that's uh, one of the uh, focuses for me is is also um, doing good in the European Championships. Um, and then I my plan currently is to do uh, both the Adventure World Championships and the World OCR World Championships in Russia, which I also think is super exciting. Everything that's happening right now, and uh, yeah. and uh, the podcast you had uh, with Ryan Adams was just uh, super good to kind of figure out everything that's going on and get it all just more uh, sorted out. But I, I mean, it's uh, it's a super exciting step for your that the federations are creating this World Championship. So for sure, I will will support that and uh, planning on on going there. So. I think yeah. that is maybe the, the 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 things I have more or less like ninety percent sure plans for my twenty twenty season. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, yeah a, a little takeaway from that is anybody that is working and trying to train at the same time and says, "Oh, I can't find the time to do this, that, the other." Yeah. I, Ida has been doing a job and also getting on the podium at some of the biggest events in the world at OCR so it can be done people it can be done it can Um, be done um, and obviously with your journey obviously you're linked with Red Bull is there any other companies that are sponsoring you helping you or um, aiding you in this journey to become a full-time athlete next year is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to any companies or brands or people um yes I mean um I want to give a shout out of to of course my coach Thomas. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean he's been with me for three years now on the, yeah all the different days and really been structuring my training really well. So he's uh, super good to have on on my team. But then also Garmin has been uh, supporting me a lot this year and Innovate and Two Times You these uh, brands that I really uh, believe in myself and use all the time. So it's just. Uh, really cool that you could be uh, sponsored by uh, by what you would buy anyway right so, <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's quite uh, that's quite cool so uh, and then um of course i mean uh, what's also been important for me is you know being sure to have a good uh, agreement with like an osteopath and a sport masseuse in denmark because making sure your body is feeling well is is, is really important for you to perform so um so uh Clinic has really done good stuff for me, also. So, um, yeah, I'm just uh, aiming your sponsors really thank you guys because they they do a lot for you and makes everything easier that's that's the thing like having this good team around you it takes time to to build up and you also have to build the collaboration and think out how you you can help your sponsors and how they can help you um so uh, it takes some time but it's also really yeah um uh, valuable once yeah. you've gotten a good partnership so so no. that's very exciting 
That's good. So, um, yeah, you mentioned from that, obviously, recovery and making sure your body's feeling good. How much, yes. em- how much emphasis do you put on that with your training? Do you think that is something that is overlooked by a lot of people? Is that a high proportion of your time in training is actually making sure you recover in the right, in the right way? Yeah, I think, and also especially for me this year, because I have been working a lot on the side mm-hmm. and therefore deprioritizing my sleep and deprioritizing the time between the different training sessions that would be more optimal. Um, so it has been a quite a like quite pressured schedule so therefore once a week I go to my sports masseuse and I mean it is it's painful but it is really, really <laughs> amazing and it just um, makes your body feel so much better and gives you like that extra edge to train uh, harder the day after and then also uh, I kind of I've used my osteopath more as kind of preventing my injuries so I haven't gone there once I've gone that injury we have like an appointment maybe once a month where he kind yeah. of just checks my body it's only half an hour but it's still really cool to catch all those things kind of before it, <laughs> it goes uh, wrong uh, so kind of to be able to to help these things out and uh, I have uh, been uh, and I have to knock under the table without injuries for for quite some time now. And I was start like after the European Championships, I was beginning to maybe suffer a bit of a jumper's knee, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually because my osteopath he was on vacation, so I hadn't gone there for uh, like uh, one and a half months, maybe a bit. <sighs> I think no, two months. And I was like, you cannot go on vacation because then the <laughs> first time me. you go, something is happening. So, yeah. so that was a bit, uh, but but luckily we we got it really early, and it only took like uh, six weeks to 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 get it um yeah good again. So that was quite amazing. Usually it can take three four months even longer, but that was because it was before it got like really bad. Yeah, so too so, bad. So it is um so that's like a really essential thing to kind of uh, for injury prevention to maybe use that money to get your body looked at before uh, it kind of can get into injury and not maybe if you can feel something feels wrong then then just I mean it's money well spent I think and I I still uh, pay for my osteopaths I don't get that that, that sponsored yet so um, Mm -hmm. but but it's just I mean if it's that or maybe use a lot of money on races or planning things or I mean I know it sometimes it's it's expensive, but still, if you like the the basic of you, your body being able to perform is is not there. Then how can you get better in your training? How can you go to those races you maybe planned or or paid for and all those things? So it's uh, I think yeah. it's really essential to 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 remember that and also be careful about it. Uh, so especially once the volume also goes up, or if you're just have a lot of things uh, going on and not prioritizing your recovery as like sleep and uh, and and time between your training sessions that's also yeah extra important <laughs> so yeah no, that's, that's really yeah. good to hear i think that's um good advice for for anybody um exactly. even if, yeah even if you're running in an open wave age group elite um prioritize a healthy body so you yeah. can actually do your best at the events you do not want to break down no, it's not ideal. Don't. Yeah. And yeah, um, also, I know one thing I wanted to ask you is about um, females in the sport of OCR. Um, there is a lot of races that we are seeing uh, more females taking part and more females taking part in the elite and age group side of it as well. But it is still kind of lacking, um, especially here in the UK. There's mm-hmm. maybe a few. So take like a Spartan wave that happened at Windsor, for example. I think there was eight people in the wave. Yeah. I'm sure you've been in a few races where the elite female wave has been like in the low teens or even in single digit numbers at some point in your, in your race career. Um, yeah. 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 Definitely. Is there something that, um, you think could be done or do you think that People just need to take that kind of uh, not risk, but maybe just sign up and see how they how they do in the elite. Or is it the is it the sport of OCR needs to encourage 
people push up for that elite a little bit more? Yeah, I think, um, of course, maybe uh, women in general are a bit more precautious of uh, um, just, you know, jumping straight into things that kind of are a bit intimidating, maybe. I don't know, mm -hmm. sometimes men are a bit like, oh, I'll just uh, see how it goes. <laughs> it's kind of my... Yeah, pretty much. My, my, my idea so and of course also i do understand because in general the strength for female males it i mean it takes longer time most uh, men can go in like without that much training can go in and maybe do two free pull-ups uh, and for i mean for me to do my first pull-up it took me eight months in the training gym and i it was so hard to do like one straight pull-up it took me forever to learn <laughs> but once I've learned it of course uh, it, it helped a lot so there's also we have something about that it, it, it is a bit harder with the, the upper body strength but when that is said I mean it's also to think a bit about your mindset uh, like uh, maybe instead of thinking okay I have to complete all, all obstacles unless it's on unless if I don't do that, then maybe it's a failure. Then instead think, okay, I'm practicing on these three obstacles and then I'm racing the, with the lead and kind of getting all the same uh, like experience as it is to be in the lead. And then I know what to work on. Or, and then I've kind of gotten the same experience as being in the lead. So maybe just jumping out into it a bit before you maybe mm -hmm. actually feel ready to it because a lot of females there are so strong and they're at me. They're so good. I um, train a lot, especially uh, females also in my gym in, in, in Denmark. And we also have this uh, um, training camp with Trip Extreme only for women, which actually has this focus on being ready uh, to be in the elite because there is a lot of females that don't feel ready, even though, I would say looking the, at their physique, they could most definitely uh, do it. Um, mm -hmm. But then, of course, it helps um, yeah, with these camps and kind of encouraging each other. And they can see also where I started because I, the first many times I ran an obstacle race, I could not complete all obstacles. But then I was like, okay, you know what? No, I couldn't do that, that, that. But then I did the 20 others. So I focused on the ones that I actually could. And I had an amazing experience doing. And that made me feel really strong and empowered and motivated to do more and do better in every race. So um, yeah. so kind of um, thinking more of, of all the things you did good in doing a lead race instead of thinking maybe about that one obstacle you might not be able to do. Um, many races have penalty rounds or burpees or, and maybe, yes, you have the wristband system, but sometimes it's also good just to see, okay, how far can I get? And, and, and kind of uh, testing yourself a bit. And then it is cool to run in the lead. There are less people on the course, which is also good. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and, uh, Things are less muddy, and uh, of course, you you run with with other uh, amazing female athletes. So it's uh, it's a great experience. I can only in, encourage people to to, to to just jump into it. Uh, I did it also, and yes, there is maybe not everything goes perfect, but I mean, you really still feel super proud that you just did it and tried it, and and just maybe took the step before before you maybe felt. Uh, uh, totally ready for it, but but focus on those positive uh, things from the race and and think of the uh, obstacles you didn't do not as failures, but like what can I improve from this race and 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 take it as a really like good learning experience. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I can only encourage encourage that because the the the, the females they can often do so much more than they think. I mean, and uh, and. Uh, a lot of them are, are so empowering and really have the willpower. They should just focus more on all the things they do good in, except of focusing on those few things that maybe didn't go as they as they thought. So maybe have that in mindset before, beforehand to, to focus on the things that you do good once the race is done and the rest can be things you can improve. No, that's some excellent advice. Um, really good stuff. I hope that a lot of female uh, Females listen to that and take the positive from it and then sign up, get down to a race. If it's age group, uh, if it's elite, just uh, get in there, give it a go and take the positives from your performance and then uh, work through. 
Yes, and I say 10 years ago, I could not do five pull-ups on my knees. Just sorry, mm-hmm. when I mean, so, so, and you, when you look at me now, people thought I've done uh, athletics my whole life. So, I mean, uh, it's just to start uh, one place and then focus at one obstacle at a time. And then uh, before you know it, you will crush the course. So, yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Ida. You are yeah. at the Athletic Performance Centre. We will not take up any more of your precious time. I'm sure Red Bull have some more tests or things they oh, need to yes. do at some point tomorrow. So you yes. probably you probably need some of that all important sleep. Uh, we go. Where can people find you? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Where's the best place to get in contact or just to see your adventures in the sport? Uh, so, uh, I mean, my Instagram is probably where I'm most active now. Uh, so that is, uh, Ida Matilde with two E's. M-A-T-H-I-L-D-E-E. So Ida yep. Matilde. Uh, so of course follow along there, but I also have a, a Facebook page, which is Ida Matilde mm-hmm. OCR. Uh, so, uh, so that one is also, um, I think maybe next year with uh, me going from, of course, working to being a full-time athlete, I will maybe do more focus on uh, uh, putting some more maybe vlogs or something about the journey of becoming a full-time athlete. Uh, yep. It's uh, some of my, my ideas and also uh, be better to to focus on spreading out the word of uh, of OCR and uh, getting it uh, more and more acknowledged. So I will maybe next year be even more active on my Facebook account also. But uh, yes, those are the two places to find me currently. So uh, yes, uh, and you're always welcome to message me, especially on Instagram. I'm pretty fast at answering. If you have questions or doubts and also all the uh, women out there, if you're in doubt of this, competing in the elite you can i mean seriously just uh, text me i will i will tell you uh, that you're good enough or maybe just help you to think about uh, what what it is that that kind of prevents you of taking that last jump so uh, i am mm. uh, all about uh, encouraging especially the ladies to to get out there good good so <laughs> listeners yeah. go and follow Ida on instagram and facebook you can follow her amazing journey and see how she gets on next year as a full-time athlete as well. Yay! Eva, <laughs> you have been amazing. We are so thankful that you could come on the OCR Audio podcast. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Luke, for having me. And, uh, I mean, thank you for doing this amazing podcast. That's just another way to help uh, the OCR word spread and just uh, embracing this uh, wonderful sport so uh, thank you for all your amazing podcasts i listen a lot to them so it's going to be quite exciting to listen to one where uh, i'm in it myself <laughs> so yeah, I'm also looking it. forward to that it's going to be uh, a cool experience my name's vj jones and you've been listening to ocr audio This is Ryan Kent, and you've been listening to OCR Audio.